Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very, very excited to have my dear friend, Mr. Randall Patrick, on with us today. Randy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing so good, man. I'm so very excited to have you on today. Can you give a quick introduction to the listeners? Sure thing. Uh, my name is Randall Patrick. Uh, I'm a photographer based out of Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and yeah, I've been doing freelance for about a half a year. And yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing currently. Wow. You've only been freelance for six months. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's very new. It's, um, you know, all of it's very new to me, but, uh, we can definitely get into that because there's, yeah. there's some stuff to that story. Yeah. That's incredible. So, I mean, you and I met, uh, you know, it was probably three months in real time and then like, you know, five <laughs> years in digital time. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, you've quickly became one of my favorite people in the NFT space online. I, I am wildly drawn to your work uh, as a film photographer. Also, um, the way you're able to convey emotion and mood uh, with your photography really speaks to me. I think it's just beautiful work. And obviously, a podcast is the perfect place to talk about what your photos look like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, man, I appreciate all that. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank but you. Give me a give me a little uh, intro to your backstory and when you started and sort of like what your path was to six months ago when you became a full-time freelance photographer. Sure. Um, so I, I grew up in a super small town, um, in Maryland. Uh, it's called shady side, which sounds, you know, <laughs> um, kind of rough, but it, it was a nice little neighborhood growing up in, um, like 5,000 people. Uh, and I, I grew up like, drawing skateboarding um a bunch of stuff like that and after high school i i just went into blue collar work i didn't go to college um i didn't want to burden my family with any sort of you know finances like that and mm -hmm. uh, i didn't have the funds either so i was like you know what i think i'll go down that path and so i did that for 10 years um and then more recently i, I picked up a film camera in like 2018 uh, and that was my first experience ever doing photography other than, you know, snapping some, some pictures on my phone. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I, I just picked it up and ran with it. Um, and now I'm here today trying to do the freelance stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's difficult, it's challenging, but you know, given 10 years and, and working in extreme heat, extreme cold, um, you know, I, I think it was time for me to give that up and, you know, try and pursue this passion of mine. So, I mean, that's incredible. Uh, that's been... So I've been fully freelance for about two years from now. So the good news is it doesn't get any easier. Um, <laughs> there is, there that's is great news. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> there is a, there's an ebb and a flow to this business that comes, I think, easier as you spend more time, make more connections, meet more people kind of thing. Um, I mean, anyone who spends five minutes looking at your portfolio is going to book you for something, right? So I think at the end of the day, like you're at the very, very beginning stage of what will be a very long career in the space um, for you because your work is just incredible. Um, but like, I'm shocked that you've only been taking pictures for like four years now. What what like prompted you to, to start taking pictures? Oh, yeah. I mean, thank you, by the way. Um, basically, like, so to give even more of a backstory for me, um, you know, I, I was in the church for a long time, about 13 years of my life. I ended up getting married really young um, and also divorced young. So that, that was around 2016, 2017 when that happened. And um, after that, I, I had left my faith. I was just recently divorced, uh, super young. So it was a very transformative time for me to kind of figure out what my life was going to be like mm -hmm. after that, because so much of my foundation and what I was uh, into was kind of just, you know, ripped from beneath me. So it was a lot of soul searching. And luckily the friends that I had at the time um, who I skated with constantly, they were also shooting on film and they introduced me to that, uh, that kind of art. And I, I just never really messed with it before. And, 
So when I got a camera, um, I got a really nice Nikon F2 for only 65 bucks from a good friend of mine. And um, I just, I couldn't stop getting into it. I just kept going out exploring. And uh, I think during that time, I think the camera was really my, my version of therapy after all the things that went down. And Mm. um, it was kind of a way for me to figure out who I was and who I was going to be after you know, changing the course of my own life. Um, wow, man. So that was a, a huge, huge thing for me was uh, connecting with the camera. And it, it was really pointing it at myself and saying, like, who who am I? Like, why do I exist? And um, what can I bring to the world? Um, so I think that was a, a big part for me. Wow, dude. Uh, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, I relate to that tremendously i mean i went through literally i mean minus the relationship aspect but you know i i in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic i lost my job lost any mm. sort of sense or understanding of like who or what i was right like so much of my adult life had been uh you know tied to an occupation a job a title right stuff that i didn't have anymore um and yeah. honestly if it weren't for finding photography and like like you said, it was therapy for me, like figuring out like what I wanted out of my life. Like, God, I don't know where the fuck I would be right now. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a relatable feeling for me because I felt those exact feelings. Um, so yeah, it it is a wonderful sort of coincidence and you know, that we sort of had that same similar experience. Um, for me, I still deal with like, nagging questions on how I measure success with this new creative career. Um, because it used to be super easy for me to do that with a regular nine to five job, right? Like I can dictate how much money I make and I can tell you how successful I'm being. How is that factor into sort of like your, your planning and your life now? Like how do you consider yourself a success? (laughs) Um, yeah, success is a funny word, you know? Um, I think, well, just to kind of backtrack, like I, I, I left my last job because um, I, I moved from Baltimore City to Savannah uh, mm-hmm. last year in September. And with that, I left a very cushy job that was, um, I was working at the FDA oh, wow. uh, doing HVAC um, work and all that and doing office administration. Like, so I had a really, really easy job. Um, surprisingly enough that, that paid super well. I'd, I'd liked most of my employees, you know how that goes. Uh, (laughs) um, or coworkers, not employees. I, I definitely didn't own it. Um, but you know, switching from that to, to moving and quitting that job to starting all over, here in Savannah, I was like, you know, now is, now is high time to at least go for it. And success was, uh, I mean, neither here or there. It's, you know, I'm still struggling, uh, today, you know, it's my bank account doesn't look as good as it used to. Um, I feel that back when I had that, <laughs> that nice job. Um, so it's hard to, to really measure that success. I mean, I've been able to keep the lights on. I've been able to at least feed myself once a day. Like the artist life is, is a, is a big struggle that I've never really experienced um, to this degree. I, I did play music and toured the States uh, for some time. So I experienced a little bit of that, like trying to chase the dream in that regard, but this is such a, you know, it, it's like a singular thing where I don't have a team of people. It, it's, it's myself. I'm, I'm my own marketing. I'm my, my own, Oh yeah. We are everything, you know, it's, it's a lot, uh, to manage. Yeah. I'm, uh, in, in the throes of, so I I do a weekly newsletter and I'm in the throes of, uh, like a a post and like a, a, an article that I'm writing called, so you want to be an entrepreneur (laughs) (laughs) being a one man band, you know, solo artistry is not easy, right? It comes with inherent work ethic and like an immense amount of obstacles to just be able to like consider yourself successful or just fucking pay rent. Right. Like there's a lot, like you said, that goes into the day to day that people don't see. They just see the pretty pictures on Instagram and Twitter and think, Oh wow. Yeah. You know? Um, but I mean, 
It's crazy, man. It's like, you know, I, I had never really gotten to hear from other people's experiences until uh, this past year in freelancing. You know, I was like, am I crazy for having like existential crises every week? Like, nope. uh, Not always, always in fear. Like, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's you got to trust that things are going to keep happening as long as you keep moving forward. So I believe that wholeheartedly. I think um, every trial and tribulation that I face to date is leading to the place where, you know, I wake up and I am financially free. I wake up, I no longer encounter imposter syndrome, right? Like I no longer have questions about like my life. And I, th I think that, you know, it takes time to get there, right? Like I often harp on about like, could my 25 year old self know what my 35 year old self learned? And the answer is always no, right? So, you know, as you get older and as you sort of grow into an, any career, whether it's an artistic one or whatever you're doing, you, you inherently get more comfortable in it. And it's just a you know matter of time. Oh, for certain. And like, that's, that's the crazy part is, you know, I've only been shooting for four years and yeah. in those four years, like that boggles my I've, mind. <laughs> I mean, I've only gained so much knowledge about photography too. So like, that's also another big thing that I fear is like, you know, I need to keep learning because I, I've been using film like from day one. Like I, I don't really shoot digital at all. And that's a hurdle that <laughs> uh, like seems a little bit crazy to, to have to figure out. But oh, no, it's a whole different beast. No, you no know, hurdle. I'm, no hurdle. I mean, the work you can create with an F2 and some Portra it's going to make shooting digitally a cakewalk for you. You you can see everything you shoot right after you shoot it. It's yeah, it's no three to five business part. days. <laughs> <laughs> like I can accept the fact that like, oh, I missed that shot. Like, you know, but if I'm looking at the screen over and over again, I'm scared that I'm going to get way too in your head, in my head about it. Like there's, there's so many knobs and dials and weird <laughs> settings everywhere. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy to me. Yeah. That's funny. Um, buy <laughs> a Fuji. It's like the closest thing to a film camera I could recommend. I've shot them all and, and it's, it's uh, pretty easy and, and they're like very film sort of centric layouts that I think you'd, you'd be able to pick up pretty easily. Um, yeah, I've I, definitely seen some good things about them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm uh, I'm marveled at the fact that you've been on this journey for for such a short period of time because your work speaks to that of someone who's been doing it their entire life. Um, talk to me about inspirations and like sort of the artistic drive to create work. Um, like what what makes you want to be a photographer? Yeah, um, I I probably venture to say that like I grew up in this household that was this is kind of like more to the story than I, I thought I was going to share, but um, I think it's important and kind of explains why I shoot the way I shoot and why I see the world at the way that I see it. Um, but I grew up in a home that was riddled with, um, you know, drug abuse. Uh, my brother got into hard drugs when I was very young um, and had struggled with it honestly until, you know, today it's still like an ongoing thing. Um, mm -hmm. But during that time growing up, I, I, I consumed a lot of movies because um, I was holing up in my room because I didn't want to, you know, deal with everything else outside of my room and hearing the terrible things that were being said, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't mm -hmm. I don't need to get into all that. But sure. Um, I was consuming a lot of movies and like seeing the world through this like cinematic lens and it was always so romantic to me. Um, and with that being said, like I, I had daydreamed a lot. Like m my brain always took me to places where I wasn't. Um, and I think that like picking up a camera, it allowed me to kind of like translate those like daydream feelings, like through a photo. Like I, I had never really, thought I could capture that kind of essence and like this romanticized version of life that, um, you know, I didn't have as a kid. So like now that I have the ability to create something that feels reminiscent of my childhood or just like kind of encapsulates that, like just that overall 
feeling of like nostalgia in a way. And I hate using the word nostalgia because it's such a, a buzzword for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> photography, but it's like, it's a way for me to connect to myself. Um, in the past at, in my former years. Yeah. Like it's, it's a beautiful way for me to do that. And it keeps ever growing and changing as I, as I get older and like, how, how can I tell different people's stories in that way where it's not always focused on me. It's like, Oh, like I can somehow translate that into whatever I'm shooting. Maybe there's always going to be a part of myself that's in this photo, even if people don't see it. I gotta be honest. I think uh, daydream is a incredible descriptive term for your work because it does feel very ethereal and dreamlike and hearing you say that ties in very strongly with the emotions that I feel when I look at your work so it's cool to hear you say that because then it just sort of like reiterates that I'm feeling the thing that you're trying to create like that's cool yeah I mean that <laughs> that's that's a huge compliment for me um and, and you know we always talk about like you know what is your why like <laughs> and I, I hate that question like why are you shooting like all that and it took me like up until this past year like I, I never really understood why I, I was shooting I just knew that I was and like I was con continuing to do it because it's this like ever-growing search for answers that like you feel like you don't have the um the capacity to understand and I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to go off on the not weird, at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Thing, Dude, I think but... that's a that's a beautifully accurate way to describe it. Like I think, you know, I've only been in this. I'm going to say journey because I'm a dork, but like this this artistic <laughs> sort of life of mine has only been happening for it'll be two years in August, right? So I, I barely, you know, I'm I'm half in this game as long as you have, and then like one tenth as long as some other people have been in. And to me, the thing that I often struggle with is trying to find an expressive way to describe my work or like, what am I trying to say? What is the voice that I'm trying to put out in in the things that I create? Um, and for someone who's been doing it like an equally short period of time to be able to have that sort of notion in your mind that you're looking for this like dream, like ethereal beauty and be able to like fucking deliver on it is is amazing. That's amazing. Hey, Lightroom's great, man. <laughs> uh, come on, shut up. No. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you still create images and you build the work before you go to fucking edit it. <laughs> that, that's that's no, imposter dude. syndrome, Randy, right there, because it's, that's a cop-out. Your work is incredible. Um, hey, if I'm, not, if I'm not talking shit about myself, I'm not really being myself. So. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, one of the only other things that I struggle with is not really like imposter syndrome. Like, I know that this is the thing that I'm supposed to, you know, do with my life. It's, it's probably confidence. Like I struggle with, um, sort of like selling myself to people. And I know you and I have had this conversation before about like getting work and like booking jobs and things like that. I think the only thing that I struggle with from time to time is like my confidence. Like you get a lot of no's before you get like the, the work that you want to be doing. Um, and that's something that I, that I, I kind of go back and forth a lot on cause you're always being told no. And then you get a couple yeses and it feels good. Um, talk to me about your own journey with your confidence, um, since going full-time and, and freelance and, and some wins that you've had lately that sort of reinforces your ability to be confident in your work? Oh, yeah. Um, confidence is really tricky, you know? Like, especially when it's tied to your artwork. Um, and so I guess, like, with, with more recent stuff, like, I, I shot my first, like, really small, intimate wedding, um that was all on film, which was kind of ballsy for me to do oh, yeah. <laughs> um, big time, <laughs> you know, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I think the more that I just force myself into uncomfortable positions and something that challenges me, like the more I give myself the opportunity to shine. Like Ooh. if, if I'm not doing that, then I'm just going to stay complacent. And I just really haven't, I'm trying not to say no to jobs. Like, even though I feel like I might not be able to do it, like 
if I don't try, I'll never know. Like if that's a great if I attitude. Can even pull it off. Um, so like, you know, I just, I just got reached out to by some random guy on Instagram, but he's, he's doing like ad work for white claw, um, which is really funny. No laws <laughs> for the claws, but, um, so I'm going to be doing that, uh, which is something that I never thought I'd be doing. Um, and not that this that's exciting work, but it's it's something different. It's something I haven't worked with, and um, I think that's exciting. It's a major brand. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's weird, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I don't really do product photography, you know. Like that's like something that. But that I also, might have. I was also say that that also could give you sort of a unique eye to create something different, right? Because at the end of the day. There's only so many ways to photograph a can, right? But like the way that you, <laughs> yeah. but no, but seriously, the way that you approach your work and, and your process could be wholly different than someone who's sitting in a, you know, a light filled studio with 50 strobes and, you know, different backgrounds and shit. You know what I mean? The, the, the way that you come about it will be entirely different, which could make it to be a entirely unique and better way of doing something. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, I guess like my thought process is like, you know, it, this might, whatever you're doing, like you might feel like you're taking a job and it's like, you know, this is like not what I want, whatever. Like I'm trying to keep the mindset that like, you know, if I take this job, like maybe this will help me get something else that I really want. Like, and just keep like letting that snowball go and, um, you know, you're, you're even talking about stuff that I haven't even messed with, like going into a studio with strobes. Like I barely ever shoot with a flash or, or work with any sort of like, um, external lights. Like, mm -hmm. again, another thing, like if I had to face that, like I, I would try it, don't get me wrong, but like, you'd be I amazed what you could learn in, in a couple hours on YouTube. Trust me. <laughs> it's oh, I YouTube university, probably <laughs> everything, you me know, too, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was a, I don't think I'd be anywhere close to the photographer I am today were it not for a million incredible YouTube photographers who taught me so many things. Oh, my God. Like Willem Veerbeck. I oh. watched like every video of his um, when I was learning. And, and I think that's like the thing that I've been frustrated with myself about recently is like, how can I take um, take my work to the next level? And I think that really involves like knowledge and learning and um because like lately I, I just haven't been trying to like find out new things like get new photo books like learn from these like greats and um i, I think that's really pivotal for like your whole career like oh totally <laughs> i i have a financially crippling photo book addiction i can't even begin to understate how many <laughs> fucking photo books i have it's a I, i'm a photo book degenerate it's a problem um, oh, it'll be me one day when, yeah. I, when I have money. Yeah. <laughs> you he's know, in, to, like, he's into that, it. Right? <laughs> My Amazon <laughs> cart is full of fucking photo books. Um, yeah. I mean, I, dude, I, you know, I'm surprised that you are ever doubting your abilities and or that you would ever dude. like I put your work up there with many of the photographers I follow. I mean, there are ways there is like simplistic beauty in, in your work that I think is, is it's hard to describe. I'll give you an example. There's one photo that you took that I think is probably in one of your NFTs on foundation, I believe, cause it's a one of one. It is the vacuum, the car wash thing. The, what is it? Yeah, vacuum, the vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. that photograph to me is like an example of an acute eye. Right. Like you were able to create something marvelous out of the most mundane possible fucking thing on earth. Right. It is a car wash, <laughs> car vacuum. Right. Like doesn't get more mundane than that. Right. It is just that is what it is. And you've created this like fucking scene and this story like that draws a person in to want to be able to like know more like it looks like a still, you know, it, it really does remind me of a still from like a movie, right? Like if you saw that as a cut frame in an A24 film, it fits right <laughs> in. I'm serious. Hey, man. Thank you, dude. Like, 
And that's, that's the crazy part too, which is like, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations, not only with myself and my uh, speedy, rapid, crazy ADHD, ADD brain, um, <laughs> but also like conversations with other photographers about narrative, um, which is something I never really put to my work very often. Um, that's surprising. That, do you mean uh, like I mean, consciously writing about it or do you mean like developing that in the image? I guess developing that in the image, you know, like, Oh, I disagree. <laughs> well, agree to disagree, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that, that photo specifically was like, I think that was the first photo I've ever taken where I felt emotional after taking it. Oh, um, and like, and th this is a really long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the shortened version of it. I'm sure you've also, you know, read about this story too, but, um, that was like very, I took that shortly after we moved here to Savannah following, um, a really crazy traumatic family event back at home in Baltimore city where, um, because of my brother's like addiction to, to opioids and, and heroin, he got himself in a really tricky situation uh, in the city. Um, and he was a victim of gun violence uh, there, which was super crazy. Um, and I, I actually, if you don't mind, I'd love to tell a little bit about the story because no, there's so do. many really, there's a lot of really interesting happenings throughout the whole thing. That, go, go for um, it. Yeah. Um, so July 25th um, was the day that uh he was you know uh shot and we didn't even know about it my whole family and i didn't know about it for about four or five days oh wow um because you know he was just basically living out in the streets um in baltimore city um lo and behold that where it took place was about 10 minutes from my apartment at the time in in baltimore which is crazy um so Fast forward the five days, I get a phone call from my mom while I'm at a thrift store and she calls me and she's like, hey, um, well, frantically, you know, saying, hey, and saying, like, your brother was shot. You need to go find him. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, you never expect to get a phone call like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I am like rushing from like I was about 30 minutes out of the city. I was driving like a madman, like trying to figure out what hospital he was in and all that. And I ended up going to this one hospital and I was the first one there uh, of my family to actually see him, uh, which was uh, <laughs> a lot to take on um, yeah, alone. Yeah. Yeah. Super traumatic. Um, crazy enough. My fiance's, brother's ex-girlfriend was working at that hospital and she was there and she was the first one to be with him, oh, which wow. is kind of like how in the world does something like that happen? Like, and the odds of that, yeah. Just, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but moving on from that, like, um, you know, I, I, I got to be there. I got to see him. Um, you know, he suffered a gunshot through like his jaw um and his abdomen and the guy unloaded a whole clip on him too um and he was lucky to only get hit twice um wow. and he survived uh so you know we're we're still dealing with a lot of the you know the repercussions of that you know he's got missing teeth still um he's got to have like reconstructive surgery on his jaw a lot of crazy things um and it was a really crazy experience for my family but um back to the the photo and why it it kind of broke me down um in the moment was uh you know i i just put out a collection like on open sea and i was like feeling all the weight of like what happened with my family i felt guilty because i we had already planned to move to savannah and it was a month after that event so i was like i can't even be there for my family now um you know we I was also dealing with like vertigo and stuff at the time, like just a lot of crazy stuff. And then 
my car was piling up with trash, like just cause I couldn't deal with all the shit. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't have the motivation to, and then I got a, a sale on OpenSea, and I was like, Oh my God, like I had never, ex- I've never sold really any, any of my work before that. And through that excitement, I was out taking photos and I went and found that, that vacuum cleaner. And I took that shot and I was like looking at my car in the crazy disarray it was in. Um, and I was like, I don't even have fucking quarters on me right now to try and clean out this car, even though I'm here in this moment. And I was like, wow, like, like sometimes life just feels like too messy, like to clean up. And like, I just didn't have what I needed to like take care of that in the moment. It was just really heavy for me. And I mean, but um, there's also like in, in a, a lot of ways, a lot of poetic beauty in that, right? Like, there's like, yeah. Yeah. It was like a weird duality with like, you know, maybe I can like move forward with this photography thing, but then like the kind of backhand slap to like, Oh, I got to deal with the things in my life. Like that I haven't been. And so it was like the moment of like extreme high to being met with like, Oh, like don't forget that you still have things you got to deal with. Um, yeah, well, that's the fun thing about trauma that, like, while they will remain around for a long while, there are fleeting moments where you do get that separation from the shit that weighs on you on a, you know, on a daily, weekly basis, right? Um, oh, yeah. I think one of the, probably the most relatable thing that you said in that story is how, how heavy baggage and emotional and family stuff can weigh on you, and I think the greatest lesson that I've learned in, in like, as I've gotten older is like, it's, I will never have all of the answers. Right. And like, I, you just kind of have to sort of do the best that you can on a moment by moment daily basis <laughs> yeah, that's, because we're that's all great. just human. Right. Like at the end of the day, like you had planned to move, right? Like the, the, the tragic shit that happens with your brother is out of your control in your hands. And like, it, yeah, it seems like you, you, it's easy to seem and feel like you're leaving that situation behind and bailing on your family. But it's like, you know, to some degree, you have to like take the reins of your own life and have you be the most important aspect of it and like help out as you can. Right. It's like there, there's I, I, I often say there's there's like no right answer. Right. You just have to sort of do what you think feels right in the moment and hope that whatever the wreckage in the future may be is is tolerable. Right. Like we're we're only. Yeah. Human. Right. And like, you know, I, I had to learn a lot of hard lessons to let go of a lot of the shit that I thought I had control over um, or like gave myself the expectation that I had control over. Um, and yeah, I mean like today, like now it's like, you know, he's working again. Like, you know, things are starting to like come back to like a sense of normalcy, Mm -hmm. um, after all that. And like, (laughs) it's actually pretty funny because there was a moment, me, me and my fiance were watching Queer Eye (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) great show, great Great fucking show. Um, and there was like this one uh one episode where it was like a family talking about their experience with like a tragic event with their family and like talking about the ambulance and i like fucking broke down i was like wow like other people feel this too Mm -hmm. and i had just been keeping that shit to myself because no i was like no one's gonna understand other than me like and my family like and i just felt like super isolated so that was like a nice um nice thing to kind of experience to be like, okay, like, you know, they got through this, like I can get through this too. And, uh, I think, you know, we, we get, we're getting a lot better as a society is of like normalizing mental health stuff. But like 
the greatest realization I ever had in my life is just like how common everyone's problems are. Like we all go through more or less the same shit. We all know someone who struggles with addiction. We all know someone who's died of cancer, right? We, we all have these sort of common threads throughout our life. Now we choose to focus on the things that make us different. And if we were able to, as people to focus on the things that we have in common, I think life would be a lot easier. Um, but it's true, man. Like I did, I've gone, I've been going to therapy for almost two years now and it's transformed my life in ways I can never possibly articulate on a podcast or like even in writing, like just being able to like talk about the things that I'm feeling and then be told like, guess what, dude, these are things that everyone feels. It's like, yeah, a lot of times we as people feel like there is a barrier to having these conversations with our friends and family, you know, whether we don't want to feel like we're trauma dumping or whether we don't feel like it's our place to like bring up difficult conversations. If we were able to sort of break down that barrier and say like, Hey Randy, like, dude, I'm having a rough day today, man. Can we like go grab a coffee? You know, can we talk like that would make things a lot easier. But you know, again, people are, are shy when it comes to articulating the things that they're feeling because they feel like it's just them, right? No one else could possibly feel that way. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't want to feel like a burden. And that's, that was really, um, the biggest sense of feeling that I had was like, I, I know I've gone through this, but I, I don't want to burden anybody else with that kind of thing, you yeah. know? And it's, um, the, it's, it's, it's like a total justifiable expression of feelings, even though it's wrong, right? Like at the end of the day, you, you're not a burden, right? Like there are people in your life that care about you deeply that want to be able to be there for you and be like, yo, I can help you through this because I've been through this. Or like, I know someone who's been through this and let, let me put you in touch with them. It's like, that's the, I think that's what's one of the best parts about getting older is like being able to be comfortable with my own feelings to be able to tell people how I am actually doing on a day-to-day basis. Cause so much of my twenties was like, Oh cool. Let me post about the the club that I'm in or the, you know, the fucking bottle <laughs> service that I'm getting. Right. Like none of that shit matters. Like it was like just a cover up. It was a, a, a fake social media persona that I was, I was playing myself on TV. Right. It wasn't real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to be, to be genuine, <laughs> like sometimes in yeah. that way, like, you know, um, I, I am surprised a bit to hear that. Like, I mean, like, I'm not surprised that you've had tr- like trauma, like everyone has, right. You've had a rough year, um, especially with the stuff with your brother, but I don't necessarily think that like that weight comes out in your, in your work. Right. I think there is a, I mean, you know, I'd probably have to do a much deeper dive, but like when I, when I went through the, the breadth of your work in, in anticipation for this conversation, it all felt very light and airy and ethereal. Like I said, there was that dreamlike state to it that was like positive. And I wonder if that's maybe you working against what's like you feel in, in those moments hmm. perhaps. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's hard to say. Cause like it could be like, I've never really thought about it in, in that way. Like, because I, I think there are some artists and photographers that will put out work that very much shows Great, like how to feel. Dark, yeah, like, moody, right, right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, a part of me feels like if I were to go into creating with that intention that I wanted to portray that maybe it would be less authentic for myself mm. with the way that I create. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And I kind of just, I kind of just let things go as I'm feeling or like just as I'm doing, like I don't, I don't really have to think about it, but they're also like, there are some like images that I've created that have like a sense of uneasy, mm-hmm. but, but never like, anything that really feels dark um yeah you know it's probably just because you're like a good dude and you got a good heart and you like are bringing out these wonderfully light beautiful film photos because that's like the person that you are oh thanks john (laughs) (laughs) no problem i mean i I love the love yo yeah i I just it's easy bro i like you know for me and and i'm unabashed about this like from these conversations and like from the the friendships that i've made in this space I get an immense amount of inspiration. Um, Like, you know, I look at your work, I look at someone like Trevor's work, and I look at like Film God and Tyler and Miles, and everyone does something different, right? And like the artistic eyes that all these people that I've been able to become friends with inspire me greatly.
greatly. So it's like I get to steal from that because I get to like learn, right? At the end of the day, I am I am my experience and my creativity comes from my place, but when you're able to sort of share that with other people, you learn other ways to like look at the world. Like yesterday, I was on a photo walk, I found myself looking at how the sun was like bouncing off these like houses which were like weird colors for like where I live and and like that's probably due to like some photos that I saw of yours or Tyler's or whoever's and I think that's what's also kind of great about it um who, who who are like what inspires you um who that's a tough one I mean or what like <laughs> or what I mean um I guess we'll start with who like um, so I don't have a vast knowledge of like the greats and I've been learning a lot about, you know, a lot of photographers that have paved the way, um, people like Gordon Parks, like really inspire me for portraiture, um, and like really finding that human connection. Um, he's been really integral and in, like seeing his story, the way that he works with people, the places he puts himself in. Um, that's been really great uh, for me to learn. Uh, but also like other like older greats, like Greg Gerard is one. Um, I've always loved his work, always super cinematic. Um, but in all honesty, like the, the people that have inspired me the most are the people that I know, the people that like are photographers that, are just my friends. Like they, yeah, they ins like, just like what you said, they inspire me like to see, like, for example, Trevor is one of my good, good friends. And, um, like the dude has a camera on him 24 mm seven, -hmm. you know, like he lives and breathes like photography and you can see it like, you know, and I, I would hope that like I can, have that kind of like tenacity you know yeah. i i want to i want to have that um that's hard it, it is hard it absolutely is like at some point like your camera is like just an extension of your finger like or your yeah. hand and i i cannot wait for the day that it feels like that sometimes some days it does and some days it doesn't yeah some um, some days it's an anvil around my neck <laughs> slowly right, yeah. slowly strangling me <laughs> yes like i can't tell you how many hours i spend driving in the car like looking at something and being like should i should i like and then i say no and i'm like why the fuck am i like so like back and forth right now and it's because i've disconnected somehow with my camera uh, and it's a weird feeling to be in, but, um, yeah. I, and then I guess to so the second point of that, that question is, is what inspires me. Um, and to be honest and frank with you, like, I think there is just this beauty in like just living every day and surviving and like, taking little moments to see things that maybe I wouldn't have looked at like otherwise and saying, Oh, that's a moment that feels familiar. Mm. And I think maybe familiarity is something that like is really important to me, like in my work. Um, but to put into words, what inspires me is really difficult. Yeah, um, no, I've always struggled with that, um, with that question. Um, you know what because. I think? You know I think the greatest joy that I've received out of photography is that like you start noticing like the very very fleeting small beauties in life, right? And like it could be yeah. very something stupid. Like I've taken pictures of parking cones before because I thought something about it meant something to me. Like I saw something in that moment. Um, yeah. So I totally get with what you're saying because it's it is the mundane and the normal that sometimes is the most beautiful. Right. And I, I think that's, that's what it was. I think in essence for me was like, and I guess, you know, cause I told you about my experience with the church. Um, and I, I had left the church some time ago. Um, and I guess finding identity is another big thing for me is like, how can I find myself even more through every photo that I take? 
Wow. Um, that's that's heavy. Right. I mean, like, that and mean- I think that that'll always be a part of me. You know, I, I lost most of the friends that I had. Like, I lost literally the foundational, like, fundamental uh, thought process that I had as mm-hmm. a Christian. Um, you know, I I was living under this guise of like, I exist here only to, you know, get into heaven. Like I got to follow these rules. I got to be a part of this thing. Like, yeah. And when you don't have that anymore and like, you're like, wow, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's how I believe, um, not to, you know, talk shit about anybody else and what they believe. But <laughs> yeah. Teach their like, own. Right. Exactly. And for me, like, I felt like there, there's something within me that I don't understand yet. And I'm going to keep using this camera to try and figure that out. Dude, I fucking love that. Oh, thanks, man. I I, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, dude, like, I, 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 dude, I relate to that greatly because I use a myriad of things to try to figure myself out, right? Photography, writing, this podcast. There's a million things that I do in life to gain further depth and knowledge of who I am as a person. And I think one of the reasons why, like, no, not to toot my own horn, but like I'm becoming a greater person every day because I'm constantly like becoming curious about the things that make me happy. Like what, what about my life can I develop and grow with to make myself happy? And like, at the end of the day, there is no greater question that I can answer for myself than am I happy? And if it's a no, I've got to make alterations, but it's been yes so often lately that I just feel lucky. Like I am learning more. I'm growing. I'm becoming the best version of myself. And that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? You know, like a couple million, um, but like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, a couple million bucks just to make sure I can, you know, know. not worry about that part of the, uh, the happiness, (laughs) but like, it's one of the greatest think, it's one of the greatest things I struggle with because were it not for financial worry, right? And I and I think every creative to some degree, unless you're like got a million followers on some platform, worry about that. And if it were not for any sort of financial question of my future, you know, because that's the only thing I need to straighten out with everything in my career is like I'm perfectly content. I, I've made a lot of money in my life and I've been blessed to get to the point where I can literally chase dreams and start to make them a reality. But I still butt up against the fact that I don't know how to measure my creative success outside of monetary means. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I had a thought um, that might be poignant, like, at least for me. Um, and it kind of goes with the success talk in a way. Um, but I guess in, in all honesty, cause we were talking about like, you know, photography, whatever, blah, 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 makes you happy. Like, and it makes me happy to do that. And like, you know, being on Twitter all the time, like <laughs> I feel like there is this, this ever growing conversation about like, what is your answer to things? Like, how do you respond to these things? Like, and I feel like if I can be honest at the end of the day, if I'm on my deathbed and I have more questions than answers, I feel like that's a like a life well lived because you're constantly on the search for something like, and I just, Fuck. I never want to give that out, like give that away or like give that up. Like I I'll always want to be in a point where if I have all, all the answers, what the fuck is it worth? Like, yeah, well, you know? yeah, I mean, I, I'm, number one, I think that's beautiful. And number two, I couldn't possibly agree with you more because if I, if, I mean, I, I don't think there's any person out there that has all the answers, but I think that is a great, great method for living a life well worth, well lived well i hope so yeah. <laughs> that's the way i'm living right now <laughs> no man dude oh. i think that i think that's a very 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 powerful context to view one's life because at the end of the day if you stop asking questions if you start trying to learn if you start stop trying to better yourself you're there's no point like what is the point of living the point of living is to grow and become better 
and like want more and like become the best version of yourself. I agree with that a lot, man. I think that's beautiful. Oh, thanks, John. Like, damn. Yeah. Damn is right. I'm thinking of things today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dropping knowledge, dropping that, uh, Twitter alpha, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good God. So I, uh, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing a little bit of a rapid Q and a, some are easy, some are a little bit harder. Um, Let's do it. my first question is what is your favorite book? Ooh, the Bible. Really? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Oh my um, gosh. I was like, you just no, talked about how you left the church. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's just a joke. Um, honestly, like I don't spend a lot of time reading if I can be honest. Um, this is a safe place. You can yeah, be honest. I mean, I, I, I read a book recently. It was a book written by David Lynch. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's called catching the big fish. Mm -hmm. Um, which is just all about like, you know, catching creative ideas, like meditating and um, kind of letting things come to you rather than letting creativity be forced, um, which was a good read. Um, I would, I, so I'd suggest that to anybody that's interested. I would love to get drunk with David Lynch. I think that would be oh an my God. entirely enjoyable experience. <laughs> yes, it would. Oh my God. I'd love to pick his brain. He's got... A fucked so up brain. <laughs> in a great he's way. In a great so way. so many deep thoughts, I'm sure. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even understand what he's responding to me with. To I be know. What, uh, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie. It's funny because I, I talked about how much I watched movies as a kid. Um, it's tough to name like one or two or three. It's like hard when you'd like, when you're put on the spot and have to think about it, it's a tough question. Because I watch everything. Yeah, I, and I will say I I'm a very big horror film like person. Like mm -hmm. I, I have a slew of old VHSs like um, that I revisit. Um, man, I would probably say just because it's the easiest one to pick from from my brain. Uh, all right, I'm gonna give you three. How about that? Go for it. All right, so. One is like one that really spoke to me when I was a kid, even though it kind of went over my head, but Forrest Gump. Oh, beautiful film. Not going to lie. Beautiful film. Very like, it's just so simple. Like, and the themes like are so beautiful to me. Um, <laughs> even though people look at that as like, Oh, it's on TBS every fucking day. Like no <laughs> one's going to watch that. But <laughs> um, another one is Jacob's ladder. Oof, good movie. Um, and honestly, I don't. I can't even think of a third one. We'll move on from that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What's your yeah. favorite food? Sushi. It's got to be sushi. Oh, okay. You're brave. I'm just kidding. I uh, I had a bad experience <laughs> with sushi about seven years ago, and I haven't had it since. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. If you ever come to Baltimore City and I'm there, I'm taking you out because we All gotta right. hit my favorite spot. All right, fine. Yama Sushi, shout out. I mean, dude, I've been to some like fucking top sushi places in New York City. Like, I know good sushi. Like, I've had it, but after that experience, I'm just like, I have like a phobia now of like, what the fuck happens if I get sick again? Like, it was legit the worst experience of my entire life. I I was sick for like six days. I lost sixteen pounds. I almost had to go to the hospital. Are you serious, dude? dude it, it was so bad. I legit. The only God. reason why my parents were begging me to go to the hospital, I was like, it's fine. It was fine. It was like three days. And then the fourth day, I finally started eating like, you know, pastina, some like whatever noodles and, and like just butter and, just, you know, butter pasta. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just starch. But like, like legit. Something in yeah, stomach. dude. I was just drinking Pedialyte for like two full days. And the third day, <laughs> it was crazy fucking two for one lunch special i should have known better but yeah stupid you live oh your... <laughs> yeah you fucked up there jeez <laughs> yeah. man that's like getting grocery store yeah. sushi you live you not learn. worth it see you live you learn <laughs> not something i would do in my 30s <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um do you believe in an afterlife i do and i don't sometimes interesting depending because I, I do spend a fair amount of time like pondering that thought because like I think there's beauty in there being nothing 
and I think there's beauty in there being something oh, like it, I like it that. could be, it could be whatever. And I'm kind of cool with whichever way it goes. Like, um, but I do think that there's like, there's a soul, there's a spirit, like, yeah. and you can feel when your spirit is being like really attacked. Like you can feel when you're like completely drained of like mm-hmm. any sort of life. Um, yeah. and that doesn't even involve your, like, it doesn't even involve your physical self. So it's, there's gotta be something there possibly, but like, you know, ever since leaving the church and not thinking there's like a, a hell to be thrown into or a heaven to be greeted with if you've done the right things. Like, um, I don't know. I think it's just be good. Yeah. Like, be Good. a nice person. I'm it's with not you. Fucking hard. I'm with you, man. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew up in a Catholic church, and very similarly, like my father is incredibly religious, my mom's incredibly religious. Um, I've had a priest on my podcast. I, uh, I just don't identify with that with religion much anymore because, like, I see it for what it is. It's created by man, right? Like men created religion. Like at the end yeah. of the day, what the fuck do we know? But we're we're supposed to tell you who you can marry and like what you can do. Like, no, fuck off. Um, I believe in an afterlife just purely based on the like ridiculous concept that we were born in the first place. Like just the sheer improbable fact that we were birthed, right? One sperm yeah. out of tens of billions and whatever it is. It's just like, there's no way there's nothing else. I like, I believe in spirit and soul and, and like, I'm a very spiritual person and I pray, but I just don't necessarily know who I pray to. If that's, you know, fair. I kind of like that. Yeah. I think that's really nice. Like I've never really thought about like, you know, your conception you know, being yeah. something that's like a complete anomaly. <laughs> like, it's, it's an accident. It's like, it's right. impossible. It's impossible to quantify. Like I legit read like the, just the sheer probability of being born is like 700 billion to one. Like just to be born. Wow. That's fucking, in, that's insane. And it's I, insane. I'm like, I'm a double, double accident since, uh, you know, my parents had a trip in deep Creek Lake and that's how I was conceived. <laughs> After after six years of nothing, so like, see, so it's, yeah. it's like, and when I think about something like that, like the sheer improbability of being born, I it's very hard for me to take things for granted in life, right? Like just the the happy go lucky existence that I've had is a blessing because just the fact that I'm here is a miracle. That's a great way to keep yourself grounded yeah. and like keep yourself grateful. I, I love that, man. Yeah, That's beautiful. You. What are you most proud of? Hmm. I think, uh, my, my first thought, like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of a lot of things in my life, but I, and I know I keep going back to this, this religion conversation because I think it was my experience in the church was very detrimental to my confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Another another reason why I don't like it. Go on. Right. And in my existence as a, as a human being here, um, I'm proud of myself for getting out of that, that rigmarole, (laughs) if you want to call it that, that, that cycle of like constantly feeling guilty, constantly feeling like I'm not good enough. Like I, I think it takes a lot of courage to leave something that you've been so like held on to for so many years mm-hmm. um and i'm really proud of myself for for going with my intuition and how i felt because a lot of people are scared to do that uh because it cost me almost everything in my life at the time and i'm proud i did it because I, i'm in a much better place now than i ever have been um mentally spiritually and everything else. Um, so I'm really proud of myself for that. I love that, man. I think anything worth having in life is difficult inherently and categorically gigantic life decisions like that are worth having, but they're always, always, always going to be difficult for sure. Um, Yeah. They're always met with a price (laughs) for sure. For sure. What's, uh, what's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Hmm best piece of advice I don't know like 
chill out. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I like that I, for real. Like I, I get so like in my head about things that like, I, I when people tell me like, it's going to be okay. Like, I, I think that's like a very cliche bit of advice, but it really does help me like take a deep breath and kind of realign myself. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, call it what you want, but manifesting my future is something I've been doing for almost two years now. And my expectations are nowhere near as good as what reality has been. And, uh, at times you, it's very easy for me to be hard on myself. Like, Oh, why have I not done X, Y, Z? And it's like, dude, you've been doing this for five minutes. Chill out. Right. Yeah. I'm with you on that. My, uh, my, my additional, uh, tack on to that. And my, uh, best piece of advice I've ever been given, um, is don't worry about the wreckage of the future. Like at the end of the day, the future is what it's going to be. It's there. It's out in front of you. But like, if you spend fucking time worrying about what may or may not happen, you'll never be able to be anywhere near as happy as you possibly could. Oh my God. Yes. Like if you're worrying about the future, uh, actually, you know, I, I wrote something down once, um, that kind of goes hand in hand with that. But like, it was, I want to say it was like, you leave no footprint if you always fear the next step. Ooh. So. Damn. Put that on a motivational poster. Fuck, man. (laughs) Live, laugh, love next to it, man. (laughs) No, for real. That's fucking good. Oh, thanks, man. I, I, I do a lot of thinking, but I don't do a lot of sharing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Um, Last question. Give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed. Uh, TV show, movie, book, podcast, literally anything. Something that you have recently saw, watched, heard that you want everyone to check out. Okay. Um, recent consuming habits. Definitely shouldn't be anything McDonald's related. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, man. I feel like I haven't watched anything that great recently either, which is also sad. Honestly, I don't even know if I have a recommendation right now. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Nah, it's not sad. I uh, it's it's real. It's hard when I put someone on the spot and ask them that question. I'll give you two of mine. Um, the they are reoccurring recommendations because I think they are transformative for people. Um, one of them is a new movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, not you specifically. I mean, you, the listener. Go fucking go get it. Go watch it. Go buy it. Go rent it. It is just a wildly beautiful film. I've watched it like five times in the two weeks that I've owned this movie. And I didn't even rent it before buying it. I just straight bought it on Apple. That's how much confidence I had in it. And I was greatly rewarded for it. Um, and my, my second recommendation is a book that I recently finished called man's search for meaning. Um, it is, uh, one of the most difficult reads I think I've ever had in my life. It, it, uh, it, it tells the tale of a gentleman who spent time in concentration camp during world war two. Um, and it's just an, an wildly powerful, uh, and importantly formative story that I think, uh, really anyone can, can take something from. Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard so many good things about that movie. I, I I can't even try and say what the movie is called because I know it's like everything, everywhere, blah blah blah, something <laughs> all at once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely gonna check that out. And like, please send me that uh, that book too. Yeah. Um, I guess now that you got my brain jogged real quick, um, on HBO Max, uh, watch uh, a choice of weapons. Um, it's the Gordon Parks. Oh, a documentary. Sweet. So it goes into like his whole career and, you know, he was like the first African-American photographer, uh, for time magazine. No Uh, way. So he did, he did a lot of incredible things like working with like a gang leader in Harlem and being one-on-one with him and his stuff for Muhammad Ali. Like there, there's like, there are so many incredible stories within that documentary that are just like, if you're a photographer or just a human like being honestly watch it because it it really points out a lot of great things that um, you might not have thought about. Nice. So I think it's a a good recommendation. I'll definitely check that out. I'd love a good documentary. It's like my jam. 
um, for sure. Uh, Randy, dude, uh, thank you so, so, so very much for coming on my podcast. I have a very cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. And uh, I'm incredibly, incredibly appreciative uh, that you took this hour out to chat with me today. Um, you inspire me as a photographer. I think you're an incredible human being. And I want nothing but the best for you in your future. And I love you. And I think you're just a great dude. And thank you so much. Hey, man, I love you too, dude. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. I had a great time today. Um, we got into a lot of good things. Um, and I'm really just grateful for the uh, the platform to, to say some things how I feel. And um, you're a great host, man. I, I really appreciate what you're doing here. And um, everybody out there listening, keep listening. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Take care. Hey, man. <laughs>